0: I okay. do <laughs> Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a... July 28th, a Thursday, July 28th, LA Galaxy getting ready to take on FC Dallas this weekend should be an interesting match because the Galaxy don't ever win in Dallas and we're going to tell you actually like when the last time they did win and it was a long time ago so don't 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 even think about a win this weekend not don't even don't even do it don't even allow yourself there's also some transfer rumors that were circulating around a little bit earlier this week we want to make sure we talk about those as well Um, get you caught up on some of the la galaxy news some stats and all that stuff and obviously everything pointing towards this game against fc dallas with a quick turnaround (laughs) getting ready to play at sofi stadium uh, in a game that does not count that'll be fun too all right to help me do that tonight uh we're glad to have him back he is the radio play-by-play voice of the la galaxy uh it's mr christian miles christian how's it going buddy Oh, I, I can't hear you, bud. Try try unmuting. Yeah, it's okay.
1: Substitution for substitution. No hammer. No cannon. Then, oh wait, there he is. Yeah,
0: there it is. Yeah, there right it is. There. All the way it's at the bottom. The
1: back of the bench. <laughs> it's coming in. Saving the day. I, th- I was feeling like a G2 player there for a while. You know, I, I couldn't get a call up.
0: You didn't know when you're, you're at the bottom, though. You're at the base, right? So you're, like, supporting everybody else. That's what that is. I, I, what think
1: I think so. I mean, yeah, there's there's so many ways you can look at it. But, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, i got to get this right here. But, yeah, I, I'm the pillar. I'm the, I'm the house of cards. It's, it's I'm, I'm the pillar yeah. of the house of cards, maybe?
0: I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. Everybody says you need a nickname. I don't want to rush that. No! Right. No, see that's what see you say no too. and I'm like, yes, just leave it.
1: Just leave it. Gone. I did need a nickname, but now I don't want one. You can't <laughs> give it now anyway. I won't take it.
0: I, I like that. I like that. I like
1: my I like my plainness.
0: Uh I'm, LA Galaxy get a win over Atlanta, by the way. I mean, I I'll I'll let what? you what what did you think of that game?
1: Oh one one. Thank you. Goodness, it came. Uh, yeah, it was a good game. I mean, I, um, not, actually, no, I will take that back. It wasn't a good game. Um, the first sixty minutes, was a pretty good game. But you know, the Galaxy had thought uh, acquitted themselves pretty well. Took you know, asserted control of everything uh, for the first hour or so. Uh, having Brugman in there, you know, changes things night and day. Uh, carved out some chances. I thought Costa looked a little bit more lively than we've seen. On uh, all, all, positive. I didn't like the way they finished the game. If mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I thought we kind of lost the midfield. And I, I was tweeting earlier that or during the game, you know, I thought I thought when Brugman went off and the changes they made in the second half, we didn't really have an answer for it. Right. Um, and we chased, I basically we chased three points, but the point is we caught three points, and that's all that matters because you stop the bleeding, you know, bank it, look ahead, have a positive week of training because having that positive week of training is a heck of a lot, hell of a lot better than, you know, going down at home again. Right. You know, to an Atlanta team, that, I mean, I have to get, I got to agree with uh, Panda on, on Monday. They're, they're, they're quite awful right. at times. So uh, yeah. three points, three points, take it, move on.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you, you gather the three points. It was a case of the LA Galaxy actually beating somebody they were supposed to beat, right? And that right. is... That is something almost new this year in 2022, where you're like, it's like this
1: celebrating beating the
0: pinata, right? It, it is, it is. But you know that pinata has yeah. been kicking your butt for most of the years. So, yeah. you know, it's exactly. it's it's one of those where you sit there and go, okay, you know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so they got one, um, and that's the important part about uh, yeah. about everything. You know, now um, as you look sort of to the playoffs and everything, now it's a matter of, and listen. I think Kevin also got it right whenever he said it was a don't lose it game. It wasn't a must win game. It was a don't lose it game, right? You needed the three points. You needed them at home. You needed to gather it. And now, like you said, positive week of training. Everybody seems like they're in pretty good spirits. I would say that, by the way, even during the three game losing streak, they were frustrated, but it wasn't like they were out there like kicking cans and stuff like that. They were focused on getting better. And so hopefully this week allows them to sort of recover Rest mentally take a little bit of, of stock in. Okay, we're not as we're not horrible. We knew we weren't horrible, but we proved it. We're not horrible. Now go out there and get ready for FC Dallas, which is going to be an incredibly difficult game uh, for the LA Galaxy. Anytime you go to d- to Dallas, and we'll, we'll talk about it. But anytime you go to Dallas for the Galaxy, um, it's almost like anytime you go to sport in Kansas City, anytime you go to SKC, it doesn't matter what shape Dallas is in, it doesn't matter what shape KC is in, the Galaxy yeah. will struggle to win in those places, and they always have. Like so, a derby. Yeah it it almost it almost is uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, just because you can't predict what's going to happen, and yeah. weird, we'll we'll just say this to start it off. Weird things happen in Dallas. They always have weather delays, wind. All sorts of different things have happened over the years in Dallas, and Dallas is usually the benefactor of those weird things. So
1: Sometimes people show up to games, too.
0: Every once in a while.
1: Every once in a while.
0: Every once in a while. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one, a very hot uh, time there as well. Well, I want to get some uh, LA Galaxy news, at least some stuff that's going on here. I wanted to give a shout out to the blue, white, and gold pop-up that's happening on July 30th, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., this is the your independent L.A. Galaxy creators like One Two Threads and Luis Vela Art and uh, Moving Silence and so many others. Uh, AFTRA is going to be there as well with their pupusas and stuff like that. So, so many people are going to be there. It's a long list of really excellent people who are independently creating the LA galaxy things that you like and that you buy. Um, and so you're not only just helping out yourself by getting some cool stuff, but you're helping out these people as well. So make sure you head on over there. The uh, address for that is the graph lab one zero three eight Venice Boulevard, Los Angeles, California. That's nine zero zero one five. And if you go to blue, white and gold pop that's where you can go. I will not be there this weekend. I was there last year i think for around this time but i have uh, i have some family in town so it looks like i'm gonna have to skip that one but i know a lot of people will be there and uh it only gets bigger every single time christian so uh, some amazing people doing some amazing things
1: Gasman, family over pupusas
0: yeah i I may have to find a way to like meld those two things priorities Priorities. i know i know it's absolutely one of those things so yeah um so I, i hope everybody goes out there i mean most of my walls and stuff are like are, are filled with these types of things going, getting shirts and scarves and little pins and stickers and stuff like that. And it's just it's a great time. And the coolest thing is like you're around all Galaxy fans. Right. So it's like it's like it's family already. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of people will, uh, will, will definitely awesome. have that. All right. So we got all that. Door Love it. Um, One of the things we definitely want to pay attention to as well is the MLS secondary transfer window Uh, that closes in eight days. Basically, August 5th is whenever it all shuts down Uh, the L.A. Galaxy. I know that there are a lot of naysayers, uh, but the L.A. Galaxy are still in uh, in in attack mode. They they, Greg Vanney and I talked to him after the game uh, against Atlanta. uh, He said they are still going after another player Um, that he felt pretty confident that that would still happen as well. So. Having said all those things, there were some rumors that popped up over this week. Nothing that stuck. Uh, we had uh, Luis Suarez was the big one on Tuesday. Uh, at one point, it was it was said that maybe Luis Suarez was. Yeah, I know it's it's going to be. Everybody, watch your ears. All right, um, where's where's Chiellini? He's, is he worried about that? Um, so uh, Luis Suarez was uh, was basically rumored to be going to Nacional. Now let's 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 set this up. He signed with Nacional. Right. And so this is his boyhood club. He wanted to go back and this seems like this is a warm up for um, any World Cup or basically just basically to go through the World Cup and then have a contract on the other side of it because it only lasts basically until the winter time with Nassi and Al and then it's something else. What is that something else? At one point, it was reported as LAFC was the place where Luis Suarez was going to land. Um, and then very quickly, that turned to it wasn't LAFC. It was probably it was the LA Galaxy where he might land. Um, I was not able to independently confirm that. Uh, but what I can independently confirm is the LA Galaxy have had contact with Luis Suarez in the last couple of years, right? Two or three years, something like that. They reached out to him uh, and basically said, hey, we, you know, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Maybe you'd like to come to L.A. and play some soccer. So um, they have been introduced to each other before, Christian, which is not a surprise. Uh, I imagine that they talk to a lot of people at a lot of times. Uh, Luis Suarez was not interested in coming to the L.A. Galaxy at the time. Doesn't mean that that isn't the case whenever this winter comes around. And if you sort of look at the timing of things, Chicharito's contract coming up at the end of this year. Right now, it looks like it, they will not sign another one. That's just that's pure speculation based on his performance that we've seen so far here, Christian. Uh, and so if that's the case, there is a designated player spot open. Could a, what is it, 36, 37-year-old uh, Luis Suarez come in as a replacement for Chicharito whenever Chicharito leaves? There's a possibility of that. So something to, to, to keep, it, uh, keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're asking my opinion, I certainly hope not. <laughs> right. I mean, I've, I've, we've been down this road, and, and Luis Suarez back at his pomp, is a phenomenal player. I mean, absolutely wonderful player, despite all his kind of indiscretions with biting and such. <laughs> Heck, hell of a player. I mean, you could add so much. But when, you, when you're seeing a player like this go from Europe and, and kind of spurning moves to whether it be Major League Soccer or playing in the Middle East with the Qatari League, which is kind of flush with funds, and then they opt to go to their boyhood club. It's an indication like, hey, you know, this is going to be my last stop. I'm done. It also does put him on the radar with his national team coach ahead of the, the World Cup here. So if he has any chances or any hopes of doing that, he does put himself a little bit more in the front and center spotlight. But for me, I think, you know, Luis Suarez does this deal, goes down to Nacional, finishes out the season. If he goes to the World Cup, hey, he's happy. But I think after that, I don't even think he's even thinking about football after the World Cup for me. Um, because as you said, I, I think he's gonna be about 37 right. by the time we finish things up. And and let's be honest, I mean, Luis Suarez is not we're not talking about the Luis Suarez that we, you know, we we saw even in at Atletico or, you know, we saw before that at Barcelona and and, and Liverpool. This is far from it. So I do respect to a player, a fantastic player, but not now. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, this is not necessarily Josh saying, oh, this is a great deal. This is Josh saying that they have had contact in, in previous years. I don't know if they even had contact this time, quite honestly. And it was quiet enough that I kind of tend to. Leave.
1: I had Uruguayan journalists calling me, asking me, "Like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> all of our designated player spots are full. I mean, it just seemed—it seemed like it was something just like conjured up out of thin air, and you know, to me, it reeks of agent speak. Where right. Amino Raiola, who was it was Latan's old agent, right. um, the late Amino Raiola, was, was notorious for doing this. And you know, and the galaxy is always the fuel for these types of rumors. Just throw it out there, and, and then it creates demand, and then you know, you start your bidding more or whatever. So yeah, and, and unfortunately, the galaxy always finds themselves in the center of these types of whirlwinds. Um, so I'm not surprised by it, but. It, you know it's fun to talk
0: about right it, it absolutely is always is and i mean when we look at it here is the criteria i was given as the player that the la galaxy were looking to bring in as somebody who could play both on the wing and in a central position in an attacking uh position and louis suarez doesn't really fit i think on the wing even though he has played winger over the years in some spaces but not not really that's not that's not him so um but looking at uh, next year, I can't tell you what next year brings yet. I don't, I don't, know the answer to that. So we'll have to see, um, if it's, if it's get
1: this year, I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. I know
1: yeah, it's not on our plate right now.
0: Well, and so then there was another rumor that popped up today and I just want to sort of touch on it. Um, Dennis, uh, Boanga, who is a midfielder, I think about 29 years old, um, who was playing for St. Etienne in Ligue 1, uh, in France. Uh, St. Etienne got relegated. So they're down in league two. And so he is, he was one of their better players. In fact, one of their highest rated players um, overall on that team. And so now it's one of those, he's too good for league two type of things. And so it looks like either he'll be loaned or sold out. And at one point it was said that a Los Angeles team was interested. Then of course that morphed into the LA galaxy are interested and has now morphed into the LAFC are interested in, in this uh in this winger. This is a position, I still think, of need for the LA Galaxy. One more a, a winger who can score. That would be nice. Any anybody who does that on a regular basis is going to be a, a, a good thing. Um so it is a position, but at eight million euros sort of in the in the um valuation on on transfer market. And listen, those lag behind, right? It's like last yeah he's probably worth maybe he's worth eight. Well if they sell him for six he's oh yeah well he was worth six. That's everything. It feels like he's a designated player move. And if it's a DP move, LA Galaxy don't have any DP player moves. So it's more than likely this is an LAFC player um, and that anytime uh, a player gets linked with Los Angeles and the City of Angels here, uh, it will be a battle between those two teams. Uh, Interesting that maybe we've seen a little flip script. Uh, It should be worrying for LA Galaxy fans as far as I'm worrying that flip the the script flip is that perhaps there's going to be a default to LAFC being Gareth Bale just went there and there was all this international that the default won't be the LA Galaxy automatically getting somebody that it could be LAFC something to watch we know that international journalists get the two teams confused all the time. So just mm-hmm. pay attention to that. I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden it's like a 180 and it's like, no, it was the LA Galaxy, you know? And then you're like, oh, geez, okay. Um a lot of people said
1: really LAFC fans. I mean, we've seen their, you know, kits in our in right. cars as well, right?
0: Right, right. No, absolutely. They get confused too. Um, and so when <laughs> the the big deal though, um, I think is that uh that things are trying still moving. Things are still happening. I'm still I'm still optimistic that they get another player over the line here before the transfer window closes. And Vanny was optimistic not to like literally days ago. So this is not like it's a, a huge stretch. In fact, I chased them down the whole hallway just to make sure I asked this question, which was, are you still optimistic? Cause we had talked a couple weeks before and he was, and he's like, yes, I still, th- we're still going to do it. It's still going to, obviously he talked about league mechanisms and a whole bunch of other things that have to be satisfied. And we know that that's an issue anytime uh, the LA galaxy or any team tries to bring in a player that there's all these things you have to go through, like discovery rights and all, blah, blah, blah. You know, cause somebody has, who has Messi's discovery rights. I can't, for, I can't remember who it is. It's somebody, it's just like, how can you discover Messi Like literally how does that work? Right? So those are the, those are the different things that you see. So, uh, Nothing solid in terms of rumors, but with just eight days to go, uh, it's rapidly closing. And I think it's only like thirty-five days until September second or something like that until the roster freeze. So everything is about to to shut down here really quickly here, Christian.
1: Getting real, that was after you you slide tackle you slide tackle dayon on the stairs, right?
0: <sighs> Man,
1: uh, I just want to get that clear for everybody. I, and almost I, with the Galaxy season hanging on the brink by by the toe by the Josh Gessman toenail.
0: You know, it's like a, it's like this line drive uh, base hit that I hit whenever I was in high school to win a game once. Right. You know, it was like whenever I first told the story, it was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it was like a dribbler right up the center. Just seeing eye single. Yeah. That's what won the game. And now when I tell the story, literally almost ripped the pitcher's head off. That's, that's that I mean he's lucky he didn't get in the way and that just striped right in the center field for the base hit and, and the win the games right it's one of those uh one of those those things where now it's gonna be like remember that time Josh almost hit day on with a truck do you remember that yeah <laughs> He's driving with a blindfold on and a cigarette in his mouth down the drinking uh, drinking scotch yeah no none of that I was it was just a little it was just a little contact I doubt Dayon even even felt it he's fine by
1: the way that's a great halftime show idea I like that <laughs> I know. Uh, I, so so wait so this all this transfer speculation and you know all the rumors that you're way more up to and I am what what do we see I mean what where do you think it's going to go I mean I mean we've just got Brugman in I mean I'm I'm intrigued a lot I want to know I would love to be a fly on the wall of Greg's mind about what he wants what's happening I don't know I mean I'm I'm I gotta be really honest I'm kind of at a loss at you know what they need but what they want.
0: Yeah. So the want still seems to be a versatile midfielder, right? Somebody who can play both in middle and outside. I don't know. That feels more offensive to me, right? Whenever you say that that's who you want. So that feels more offensive. And if you look at the LA Galaxy, they are lacking on the offensive side of things. Quite honestly, the defense really has been doing, listen, not a great job, but a serviceable job. In fact, one of the better defenses in Major League Soccer, even though they've let in a whole bunch of goals as of late. Um, yeah. still like probably the top 33% in terms of defenses in Major League Soccer. It's the offense that has been struggling, and so when you have that offense struggling, it feels to me like hey, that you need more goals. Then I mean, yeah. one of the problems is the LA Galaxy lead and are, are like third or fourth in the league in expected goals, right? And their yeah. offense hasn't been living up to that. And listen, Dayon's outperforming his XG by like four goals. Uh, Kevin Cabral is like minus four, or minus five on his XG, right? Grant Shearer is a minus number on his XG. So you look at all these things and you're like, listen, the Galaxy are underperforming on the offensive side. The only person who's overperforming right now is Dayon. Um, and so that's the big need for me. I do not, I, I think there was a time when we were all saying you need a cam, you need a central attacking midfielder, you need a 10, you need somebody who can create, you can do that. Um, I think just the way that Greg is going to play with Brogman and with Delgado and with Revelison, I don't know that a 10 even works really right now in that particular formation. So for me, it's find a winger who can score, find somebody who can put the, give you some assists and some goals, some six and six, right? Six goals, six assists, that type of thing on a regular uh, basis. And if you can do that, then all of a sudden the LA Galaxy have something because if they score goals, Christian, as we've seen Throughout the years, if they, uh, throughout this season, if they score goals, if they're ahead, they win games, and if they do that, they actually win games fairly comfortably. Atlanta, you know, set that aside, but the Galaxy, when they when they score first, are, are usually win pretty comfortably.
1: Oh yeah, I'm saying I mean, We need goals from elsewhere. Fifty percent of our goals are coming from you know Dekey Olalich and Chicharito right now, and Chicharito. Let's be honest; he's he's not exactly you know lighting up a score sheet right now and a guy that should have found the back of the net yeah and, and productivity from we're not, not going to go down this all conversation we're not going to have it we all know what it is it is what it is right Francier can you know, get the same yeah yeah and so we're, bottom line is we're not getting the production from those guys and, and you can talk about the running and the spaces that it opens up which to, you know to greg's greg banny's points he's absolutely spot on but the point is if you're playing up front and if you're playing in attacking roles, you've got to be scoring goals and you're hundred percent right, Josh, we're not getting that. And I have to say, you know, trying to find some productivity in, in a wide area or if it comes central, I don't really care where it comes from. And I think it can come from a variety of areas, Right. you know? Um, and yeah, it's really interesting. You bring up the point with Brugman and, and how we've talked about everyone's crying out for this central attacking midfielder. And that's, I think it's prescribing too much onto the positioning of what's needed we just need it wherever it may be. And the way this team is set up, you're not really going to get that from that type of position, prescribing on that role. You bring in a player like Brugman, it allows the creativity of these players like Delgado to showcase, as well as Ravellas, and it provides, as Greg says, a little more power. That's the big test now. Are those guys going to be what we were looking for in the central attacking midfielder? Are they going to fill that void? That, to me, is the gigantic question mark of this team that will define this team in 2022
0: yeah yeah it has to um, because I think you're seeing that you know the the LA Galaxy have not been scoring goals. They need that creativity. They need that finishing. I mean, Revelison needs to put three or four goals in down this stretch, right? And the LA Galaxy are in a 13-game stretch, absolutely playing for their playoff lives, but so is everybody else in the Western Conference for the most part. So yeah. they're, they're, right. there's nobody. I mean, even, even fourth place is not a, a win and some results that go your way, and the LA Galaxy can be in fourth place by the end of this weekend, right? And so... That's how crazy, and they could also be like an 11th place if you lose and everybody else wins, right? So it's it's one of those where it is, everybody's sort of hanging on that thread and it's going to be this way unless teams separate themselves. Anybody who goes on a run down these last 13, 14 games of the league, Christian, have yeah. a real chance of separating themselves from other people.
1: Oh, it's, it's a wild west but, You know, It's interesting, I'm thinking about this, I don't think they're... Her chance is a problem with creating chances they're there I mean yep. you look at this team you know we, we've got literally 100 shots on goal that ranks I believe is eighth best in major league soccer right now hit the world about six times the chances are there the chances are there and, and you, but the problem is that final move the that, that, that final action yeah that we hear a lot and that's the question and, and so when I mean this central attack in midfield or this presence from underneath, whatever, a finishing product of it. I believe that the, the creation is there, you know, and the creativity, the ingenuity is there. It's finishing off that ingenuity. And that is just the biggest final piece in this jigsaw that's kinda of going to pieces in the penalty box right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, by the way, we got a $2 super chat from Chris. Chris says, fire Klein, hire uh, uh Todd Dunavant uh, with the Sacramento Republic now all the way into the final against Orlando. They beat Sporting Kansas City in the U.S. Open Cup semifinal uh, at Sacramento. Uh, they beat them in penalty kicks. Uh, by the way, the stones, and I forget who it was, but the stones on the on the the young kid who sent one down the middle uh, whenever uh, the last penalty uh, to, to win it and take it to the uh, to the final for Sacramento um, little hats off a little salute. So uh, Sacramento Republic beat three MLS teams in order to get to the final Orlando absolutely. Smashed New York Red Bulls. I don't know if anybody saw that. It was raining and stuff, but it was uh, it was a, an uncharacteristic sort of uh, smashing of New York Red Bulls uh, in that game as well. So Oscar Pareja always figures out a way to get wins and always finds people's weaknesses. He's one of my absolute favorite coaches uh, in all of Major yeah. League Soccer. So he'll be going up. Against Sacramento Republic, and that is a USL team playing for the final. So uh, that's playing for a champion. That's kind of fun. Um, I know. I know Galaxy fans are still still upset about that, and uh, I'm still like, you know what? It happens. It happens all the time. It happens in FA Cups. It happens in these these cup tournaments all over the time. I'm not upset. I like watching the spectacle of it just as much as uh, as you know watching the LA Galaxy uh, go all the way. Bottom line is the LA Galaxy had a clear path to the final. They blew yeah. that a hundred percent, and because of that, they are not going to get ready to play Orlando in Orlando uh for a US Open Cup final. I'm glad cuz I didn't really want to fly to Orlando actually. That's all that's a long trip and it's it's fly. hot and humid. Thanks. Yeah oh no no yeah yeah it was uh it was it was a good one so anyway so uh that's that so we appreciate that super chat thank you very much um let's see let's go into a little more galaxy news this one was interesting uh this is a little g2 news but also uh marcus for is a first team player for the la galaxy uh la galaxy lone defender marcus for to phoenix rising fc for the remainder of the 2022 usl championship regular season now a lot of people, Christian, have been asking about Forkranis, and he has not been getting starts. It's been Doyle on the G2 team, who is a little more of a journeyman uh, down at G2 in that center back position. Um, and Forkranis has not been starting next to Neil Neal's been starting and getting it. But we know that the U20s, um, especially on the U S side for was part of that. Jalen Neal was part of that, right? Johnny Perez on the Mexican side as well. So you had all of these things that were sort of building. And so there's still a lot of surprise. I think that, that Marcus for uh, is, was not playing on G2 more regularly. Um, and so in my mind, looking at this and I'll, then I'll get your take on it, in my mind, this is good because for was not playing. And this is actually probably a chance for him to play. There, there is something that happens at the development level age especially in g2 or academy or anything else where when you have too many good prospects or too many people who you want to give time to you have to find a way to give everybody time without hopefully sacrificing other people's time right you want to give everybody as much time to play as they can to me this feels like that move this doesn't feel like oh they're trying to get rid of marcus for to me this feels like it's a playing time move
1: it's yeah it's a a player that you Let's be honest. You, you own this player. You're trying to develop this player, and you're trying to do what's best for this player, and the player wants what's best for himself. Look, it wasn't working out. He wasn't the preferred choice of Johan Dame. It was, a, as you mentioned, uh, Doyle and the preferred choice of Jalen of, uh, Neal. Jay- Neil. Yeah. And when Jalen Neal was down in uh, Honduras with the under-20 uh, championship uh, qualification tournament. He was actually down there with Firkranis, and then when that was the case, they're actually dropping Carlos Harvey. Remember him? He's been dropped into a defense, from a defensive midfield role into the uh, the partnership with Doyle. And so it's not uncommon for coaches to to pair a youngster because you know Marcus is about twenty, I believe, yeah. and. Jay- about nineteen or twenty, so very young guys, and it's a big risk. And we talked about it last year with G two, where hey, you know, when you have such a cerebral position that requires so much understanding, reading, it's not like you can switch off when you're a central defender. You have to be switched on, you have to be smart, you have to read when to step, you've gotta be in line with what's behind you, and in front of you. So when you have two young guys like that, they just don't have the experience. And that's why I believe Yohan Demay is going, as a lot of coaches do, with a, an older head like a Liam Doyle who's experienced in Europe, he's been around, he's 29 years old, and he's the leader back there. I, th- I think he's, up until this past weekend, he played every single minute of the G2 games, and that only player to do that. So. Forkrantis was the odd man out. And I was talking to Joe Tatino about this. I'm like, Joe, I mean, strange, you know, Forkrantis was a huge part of the setup. He was the first team, our first name on the team sheet under Junior Gonzalez with G2. And that's not the case with Tomei, but that's what happens when you have a change in coaches. They see different things. They, they like to play a different way. Um, and to their credit, you know, G2 has themselves in the, in the top seven, you know, contending for a playoff spot. It's good for Marcus. I want to see him get some playing time top-notch organization in phoenix he'll get to play alongside more experienced players than he would at g2 right right. for any young player is great and in fact i would argue it's better than playing alongside players of your own age if you play up you play strong you know you play against your big brothers it makes you a better player i like this move for him it's tough but he's a young kid he's a southern california kid now he takes that next step into being a professional and learning at a different level how to carve his own niche And hopefully, you know, it'll turn out for the best for him and maybe he'll come back and make an impact down the road.
0: Yeah. Just in case, uh, I know people are always sort of interested in what Greg Vanny thinks about this. Greg Vanny, obviously the head of the first team. And I mean, for all intents and purposes, from my mind, the general manager of the LA galaxy currently right now. So this move was not made without Greg Vanny's input, a hundred percent. So, uh, whenever I talked to Greg Vanny, this was right before, right after the U twenties had qualified for the Olympics, but before they had won the championship, the Concacaf championship, um, we talked to him a little bit about for Krannes and Jalen Neal and stuff like this. And this is what he had to say about Marcus. He says, uh, Marcus yesterday showed the physicality that he has in duels and to win balls. You know, we're not trying to make Marcus into Jalen Neal. We want Marcus to be the best version of Marcus, which is a hard nosed defender, defend first, win balls, win my duels, get the ball to somebody. And he did a solid job yesterday in that match and through this tournament of just being being that guy and so i think that's great so that's greg Vanny talking about marcus for Krantus, there's no hint of oh we're disappointed in the way he's playing um so this leads me to believe again that this is a playing time move christian and not yeah. necessarily a uh uh oh we're gonna we're gonna get rid of him uh type of move so we'll see uh we'll see how that plays out with marcus for Krantus, uh now to phoenix rising for the rest of the usl season so that's something somebody asked me if um If it would open up any spots or roster spots for the LA Galaxy to do that, not really, Uh, because they could have just loaded them down to G2, and that would have also just taken care of a roster spot and those types of things if they really wanted to do it. Um, So yes, but no, and I don't think that was indicative of a move coming. Um, but we'll see. Maybe maybe Wait, you,
1: so Marcus Lucranus leaving won't bring in Luis Suarez, as you're saying. That's right? what I,
0: I'm I'm I am saying that. Yeah, yeah. Sort of putting that out there. Just just wanted to make sure you we were we were clear about that. Absolutely, hundred percent Um right. one of the other little bits of news that sort of filtered out today, and I have a little more clarification on this as well. Uh Ian Fuhr, uh, who was the former LA Galaxy senior team goalkeeping coach and was there for, I believe, most of the championships. I remember 2020, I mean, I remember in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, whenever I was, you know, really just starting to cover this team, uh, the Ian was there all the time. And so Ian would be out there goalkeeping coach. Now, uh, today on Instagram, he announced that, uh, he says I'm back. I've recently taken the role of director of goalkeeping for my beloved LA galaxy. I am a full-time goalkeeping coach with the G2 team and will oversee the whole Academy side of goalkeeping along with Kevin Hartman, uh, Jonathan Lamelli, And we will be creating what we think is the best place for any goalkeeper to join, learn, achieve their dreams, and be a professional goalkeeper, um so that was Ian uh Fuhrer, talking about that. Now, I would like to just sort of point out um that this is one, this is a role that Ian has been been in since the start of the season, Christian, and and you know that watching all the G2 games. Um he has been the head uh goalkeeping coach for for the Galaxy 2 for a while. Um and that also this is mostly for G2 and this is for the academy, right? That's the director of goalkeeping. They're sort of talking about. So the idea here is that Kevin Hartman is the number one goalkeeping coach up there, and that uh, let's see, how do I say this? Ian is not above Kevin Hartman, right? So right. this is, this is sort of like everybody's going to help do this for the g2 team and for the academy and kevin hartman can help in there as well as much as he can but that ian is that director sort of of the academy and of g2 for this goalkeeping stuff and that's what he's doing which is another successful championship winning name uh with ian and i remember ian being on the stage for a bunch of those uh those trophy ceremonies and a whole bunch of things uh back with the la galaxy maybe somebody said is this getting the band back together this is another piece of the band that is getting back together for sure
1: Oh, it's fantastic news. I mean, you know, Ian's fantastic reputation and experience Olympian with the US men's national team, Premier League experience. For those of you of a certain age I may mean, remember him playing for West Ham in the early days of the Premier League, a guy that knows his stuff. I see him a lot in my personal neighborhood up here close to the 805 where he, he conducts a lot of private clinics with some elite young uh, goalkeepers, uh a guy who knows. Look, he knows his S.H., you know what? Um and, and this is a great boon and in fact you can read between the lines what it means is he is the number two of the goalkeeping department behind kevin hartman who also knows what he's talking about and he is leading up this line but it's nice to have a player when you talk about a player with premier league experience if you look around anywhere and in, in this league especially in usl or mls next and you're talking about a player with you know has olympic medals that's played in the premier league and play the highest level and has been sought after as I know Ian, he's been sought after by many national teams at this level. You're not, you're not going to find a heck of a lot of them Jaws. So that this is a boon and a guy knows his stuff. He's back. He's been back. As he mentioned really strange that it's mentioned now, (laughs) (laughs) Joe and I have been waving to him from the stands and, uh, it hasn't exactly been updated on the team site, but Hey, you know, in any, I'll take Ian Fuer any day of the week. Glad to have him, and it's it's a it's a boon, it's a positive for the club.
0: Yeah, he he's a good guy. I really like Ian. So glad that uh, he's back now. Uh, let's shift our attention a little bit to uh, the Hall of Fame. We were talking about former players. Let's talk about some more former players. Here's the thing. Jan- Jonathan Tannenwald put out the list of uh, Soccer Hall of Fame newcomers and then also other people that are on the list. And so I went through this list, uh, which includes DeMarcus Beasley, Ricardo Clark, Dwayne De Rosario, Lana Donovan, Benny Failharver, uh, De- uh, David Ferreira, Beverly Gobolianas. Uh, Christian Gomez, Jermaine Jones, Natasha Kai, Chad Marshall, Heather O'Reilly, Michael Parkhurst, Chris Pontius, and Nick Raimondo. Uh Those were the newcomers. There's a bunch more, but I went through all of the lists just try to find out where the LA Galaxy connections were. And David Beckham is on this list. Robbie Keane is on this list. All sorts of stuff, right? So here we're all I found 10 LA Galaxy connections, Christian, within mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame ballot that is currently going to be going out for people to vote on. And I think really you can only add like three. So it's not like everybody can make it. And some of these guys are going to go to the senior uh, ballot, which is, you know, sort of that gets the veterans ballot, I think is what it's called, where it sort of moves over and it's a different procedure to get in. But uh, Demarcus Beasley was actually, I believe, drafted by the LA Galaxy in 1999. He never actually played, but was loaned out. But Demarcus Beasley, Landon Donovan, obviously, 2005, 2014, 2016, uh, Jermaine Jones, Chris Pontius, David Beckham, Brian Ching, Robbie Keane, Pablo Mastrana, uh, Carlos Ruiz, and Kevin Hartman. All names that are linked or associated at one time with the LA Galaxy. There are 10. L.A. Galaxy former players, basically, that are going to go on this ballot. And I just thought that was sort of an interesting thing to say. One is because back in the day when there were only like 10 teams, uh, yeah. everybody played on like every team, uh, at one yeah. point. And so there were a lot of LA galaxy guys who came through that. Um, but when you look at guys who are possibly going into the, you know, United States soccer hall of fame, this is, this is the nation's soccer hall of fame, like David Beckham, like Robbie Keene, like Landon Donovan, uh, Landon Donovan's a newcomer. I have to imagine that he's a first ballot guy. He might get in. He might right? get in, right? Um, so yeah, it's one of those. This is the first time he's eligible, I believe, this year, uh, to get in the soccer hall of fame. For those asking why he's not already in the soccer, like why did they even have to vote? Did they shouldn't they just why, be like why is he on a list? Just right? put him in. Yeah, don't don't make it like you're taking why? a spot away from somebody else. He's already in. That's 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 one of those easy ones. So uh, it's like it's
1: like nominating Meryl Streep, you know, she's gonna win, just give it to her. Just
0: give it to her. That's right. That's yeah. exactly the same thing. So anyway, so I just uh I like I said, I think there's a restriction of a number of people who can actually make it in and so there's a lot of really good names on this that you would sit there like i mean brian ching is one that you know that pops up to me it was like yeah i mean even carlos ruiz for the time that he spent with the la galaxy early in the 2002 2004 was outstanding robbie Keane was the league mvp one of the best this is obviously here for for the u.s soccer hall of fame and so i think that there's going to be some hesitancy to possibly do something like david beckham Um, or maybe Robbie Keane or those types of things. But when you see the impact that they had on the American game and what they did when they were here in the United States, some of that to me is sort of like, that makes some sense that David Beckham probably should be in the Hall of Fame 100%, um, you know, whenever you start to sort of figure these things out. And maybe it's not just on the field stuff. It's off the field of how much, uh, you know, focus he brought to MLS and the LA Galaxy uh, during that time. But really interesting stuff to sort of see the Hall of Fame and then find 10 players including kevin hartman who we were just talking about uh yeah. kevin hartman on this list um and so uh there's always almost always an la galaxy connection it feels like and this is just a little more proof of that at least in my mind
1: yeah we, we can go to nome alaska and find an la galaxy co- co- connection yeah first let me say kevin hartman first name for me go deserves yeah. it. in um i don't know what landon's done for the game but for what kevin did this especially in the early days put them in but yeah we could do this and he actually was you know as a sidebar here and you look at players like nick ramondo and benny failhaber yep can you know southern california connections ucla Of course, Nick added UCLA as well, but like, um, down in in Montclair. So, so
0: I had one, I was looking it up. Chad Marshall played on the Irvine strikers, right? Like as, as he's a, he's a youth guy that was around here as well. I mean, Southern California is well represented throughout all. Especially like a
1: youth team from like 1998 all the way to 2005. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, or even throw it back a little bit farther, and, and and you know, throw a little sprinkle of UCLA in there. So during the during the, the glory days back in, in Ziggy when he was in Westwood and, and coaching at UCLA. So yeah, those guys, not no surprise, at the, and then especially within that era. Right. Look, I'm not going to be the guy to, to to you know to to nitpick and try and figure it all out, but um, if I'm going with my boy, I'm going to go with Kevin Hartman in bleached hair in
0: there he he listens to our show so this that's a good it's a good way to grease the wheels as well so that's a good that's oh, a yeah. good pick that's a that's i like how i like how you did that That's good so anyway so uh that soccer hall of fame i don't know actually when the votes are in i don't get a vote so don't even lobby me i don't care what uh, yeah vote? no the, why why would i you know it's just i'm just just been doing this You're for 15 years it, right yeah just been right. doing this for 15 years don't worry about it nobody takes it seriously yeah, yeah. so. uh let's look at the la galaxy here a little bit in terms of points to the playoffs right how many points do the LA Galaxy need to get in order to get in the playoffs? We're going to make an assumption, and we've sort of been basing all of our shows off this assumption that the LA Galaxy need 48 points. That's what they got last year. And while it kept them on the outside, I actually believe that the actual point total is going to be a little bit lower. So that's why we're going to keep 48 points in there as sort of like 48 points, I think, definitely gets you in this year. Um, so that's what we're doing. So with 14 games, the LA Galaxy needed 21 points. The Galaxy picked up three points against Atlanta. That now means that they have 18 points to get to that 48 points. So they have 30 points. Currently they need 18 more points to get to 48 with 13 games remaining and 39 total points available. Bottom line is Christian. There's a big bucket of points. There's almost 40 points available, right? The galaxy have 48 points really just win all 13 games and it wouldn't be a problem. They'd have 39 more (laughs) points. They'd probably win the supporter shield. No
1: problem, Yeah, Just win win all thirteen games. You know, thirteen clean sheets, like, done and dusted.
0: Yeah, that's 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 that's. I can guarantee if they won thirteen games, they'd be in the playoffs. All right, so it would uh, it would be one of those. But realistically, what you're looking at here now with uh, with the ability to get eighteen points is is simple math tells you it's six wins, right? Um, and what I've done here is on our chart is any. Any uh, team that is in blue is an away game. Any white team is is a home game, right? So the LA Galaxy have five home games. That's Vancouver, Seattle, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado, and and RSL. Realistically, you need to win all five of those games. That gets you 15 points. That gets you very close to where you need to go. And so if you're trying to play these games, right, you have to then start to sort of trade, right, which is, well, Seattle's coming in. Now, Seattle is the worst team in the LA Galaxy or has been. So far this year in terms of points, they've been below the LA galaxy for most of the year. So when we're looking at Seattle, depending on where they are, whether or not the LA galaxy can beat Seattle and whether or not you can call that a for sure win. I'll tell you right now, you look on this and the way the galaxy have played Christian. And I don't know yeah. that you can count too many for sure wins um, on anything, but I think it, the Atlanta game did give us a little bit of a mark that says the galaxy should be able to beat sporting Kansas city at home because SKC is pretty bad. Uh, the Galaxy should be able to beat Vancouver at home because Vancouver pretty bad, right? Yeah, they might be able to beat Vancouver on the road because Vancouver is pretty bad. They might, even though history tells us that is not the case, be able to beat Sporting Kansas City on the road. You can start to pick these out and figure out sort of where you think the LA Galaxy are going to be. Uh, our discord was uh, our discord is rather gloomy at the time. We go through moods. Uh, the discord is in a gloomy mood right now. And they're like, I can see a decision day disappointment coming down. It does feel like this is all sort of grouping towards that last game at Houston. Cause why not? Cause why, why would it be anybody else than Houston? Mm. Um, but I guess if you want to exercise the demons, Christian, Then 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 there are some chances to exercise some demons in here. Not only San Jose being a game that's just three games from the end of the season, um, a chance at at uh, at at Houston, a redemption against Houston in Houston last game. I mean, there are some some chances for some exorcisms here if the LA Galaxy want to finally uh, prove that they are good enough to go to the playoffs.
1: They are, but I mean, this team is so inconsistent and unpredictable. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about a team that blows out Montreal, you know, a team that's beaten Austin twice. But yet, you know, we have these silly home defeats, you know, it, it, we, and we lose away to Colorado. We lose to these teams that we're not supposed to be losing to. So it's like trying to make rhyme or reason of this is, you know, it's it's difficult. I, I don't know what to tell you. It, 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 and losing our home to San Jose, for instance. Yes. You know, it's at the bottom of the table. So who knows what's going to happen and, and predict. It's a, it's a logjam. You're right. And, and and trying to make, it, trying to predict this is, it, it's 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 fool's gold, in my opinion. And, <laughs> and, it, and it, you know, we, we, I, you had me on back in June 25th, which has been way too long, by right,
0: the way. Right. I apologize. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we we were talking about it earlier in the season. It's like this is where the rubber's gonna hit the road, and here we are. Now the rubber's hitting the road. And look, this is a team that's tremendously inconsistent. Um, and, and then they're, they're on the back and everybody's feeling good right now, and they should. And and you take that three points against Atlanta, but you know, then you gear up and, and you know, you're talking about you know, a tough game in a tough place against FC Dallas. I, I personally, Josh, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> I don't want to show up. I really don't. I yeah. mean I make heads or tails of this, and no the reason. I will say that with the addition of Brugman, i think this changes are the complexion of that outlook yes. drastically if yes. he stays fit because for me this is a game-changing player um and i'm on that same page where a lot of the coaching staff has been hanging their hat on this is a guy that now i see why and it's what we've been missing. You, you and I've talked about this. Even you know, not even on the pot. This is what they needed. They needed number six. He's a true number six. He provides balance, stability, distribution. Great in the one v one. Whatever you want to say. He is it. Smart. And they haven't had that. I mean, you know, we, we can go back, you know, to, to Nigel.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Crap. I mean, if you really look at this solid number six, you get a number six like that. It changes everything. So my optimistic is more bright than negative. Looking ahead, even though we're so unpredictable and inconsistent, so I'm going to hedge my bets, and, and like I said to you back in April and, and back in June, I'm thinking if we finish somewhere in the top five or six, right, I'll take it, and I think that's a team that's achieving its potential.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it's so much almost of a coin flip though anymore, Christian. I mean, some of these games, it's gonna come one bad call could literally keep somebody out right at this point because it's coming. Yeah, down, it's gonna come down to like three points, two points, one point, that type of thing. Um, I was also going through some other stats, so let's let's talk about the LA Galaxy a little bit. Uh, the LA Galaxy are nine one and two in twenty twenty two. Whenever yeah. leading or drawing at the half, okay, they are mm-hmm. o eight and one when trailing at the half, yeah. okay. Keep this in mind. We're going to go over a couple more. Uh, The LA Galaxy are tied for second worst in the league in points from losing positions at halftime. They've earned just one point from nine matches in that position. They've dropped 26 points from that position. So losing at halftime, 26 points. Only Atlanta United, who has dropped 29 points, which the LA Galaxy just did to them because they were leading at halftime whenever they did. So just only reason the LA Galaxy aren't worst in the league from losing positions at halftime is because they just beat Atlanta, who dropped 29 points. Uh, from the position at halftime. So the only the only thing I can sort of take here and say is positive, the LA Galaxy are perfect 5-0-0 when leading at the half. They have dropped zero points from those positions all year. It does, we've talked about scoring first, Christian. Now it's taught, now, I mean, all once again, this is like starting to lead. It's It's not just about scoring first. It's about scoring first in the first half. Part of that has led me to a conclusion and I would like to share that conclusion with you. Um, and then I would like to tell you that the uh, that the people over at MLS actually started to try to make this conclusion as well. They basically asked, "Should Dayon Jovolich start over Chicharito?" Um, and it's a good argument. That's basically what they're saying. It's a good argument. It's a it's not it, to me. It's an easy argument to make. The answer is yes. Um, especially whenever you're talking about let's take it game specific, right? Because I think Greg's going to take it game specific. Let's take it game specific. It's going to be 90 plus degrees. The low in Dallas is supposed to be around 80 the, the night that the LA Galaxy will play FC Dallas on the Saturday. So do you want Chicharito out there for 90 minutes, busting his butt, grinding, doing all the stuff? And he works extremely hard when he's on the field. I'm not going to say he doesn't. He worked extremely hard against Atlanta. I thought he played very well against Atlanta just in terms of his movement and all the things that he did. Or do you want to put in a young guy like Dayon Jovalich, who is the team's leading goal scorer, who is the guy who has been scoring a lot of goals, who has been converting, who doesn't even want to take the ball to the corner in the 96 minute. He wants to score a goal and he does. Um, do you want to do that? And for me, the answer is very simple that down this stretch coming up uh, that Chicharito off the bench for the last 30 minutes, where you could possibly combine with Jovo to have a two forward set if you needed one, or you can swap like for like, if you're winning, which is what they did against Atlanta. To me, that makes more sense than trying to start Chicharito in this heat, um, and and you know risking, I think, a lot of minutes on his legs. So for me, uh, the 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 student has surpassed the teacher. It is time for for Jovulic to get those starts um, and let uh, Chicharito down this stretch be that super sub.
1: Be honest, Chash, you're absolutely right. This is a player. It's a better player than Chicharito right now. Chicharito has a better career, and he, God bless him, wonderful player. But right now, Deki is a better number nine than Chicharito Hernandez, period. No matter how you look at it, you can look at it statistically, you can look at it from the eyeball test. This guy needs to be starting, whether it's in a two or it's a one. He's a better finisher right now. He's more confident. He's sharper. He's fitter. And he's younger. And I don't know how I can spell it out anymore. Chicharito has a role to play with this team, I do believe. 100%. going to be vital to this team. And his work ethic and his contributions are second to none. I believe, though, if you're looking for a number nine and a goal score, Deki Ovlich is your man. He said he's the future. I think the future's now. Yeah. And this is, this is going to be the ticket for the Galaxy to get in there. And, and, and I've said this time and time out. I'd For the life of me, Chicharito Hernandez is a penalty box striker, like Deki Ovlich. Chicharito is trying to do too much, in my opinion. I understand. And he does it well. And I can't fault him. his work ethic, his heart is out there. He's f- spilling blood for this team. but he's thirty four years old. He's missing chances that he should be converted. Yep. his strike rate is not impressive, right? I think it's two and nine right, right. now, right? This is a six million dollar player. yep. and then so let's be frank, that's not good enough. yeah the the work ethic is phenomenal, wonderful player, but if you're looking if you want to be really honest about it, objective, I completely agree with you one hundred percent. And he can throw formations. And I tweeted this two months ago. We're in this territory now where this guy needs to be on the pitch, whether he's playing wide, whether, just put him on the pitch. Look, he's not going to transform the game like a Zalatan. But what you do is when you have a team that's struggling for chances, that no one else is scoring goals and you got one or two per game, you want a player of that razor-sharp perfection that he provides. So yeah, 100% on board with you.
0: Yeah, I I think this is the thing that's going to happen, and I think that this is probably going to be smartly managed down this stretch, especially with all of this, Um, because I I do think Greg sees a lot of this as well, which is um, I I think you're going to see them switch off. I think that yeah. you're you're going to get it, and I think that because of the games coming as quickly as they are, that they're going to be sort of swapping back and forth. And if there's a midweek game, maybe Jovovich starts, and you know, if the weather is bad, then Jovovich starts, and if the weather is good, and Jovovich just started the last game, then it's like, okay, Chicha's going to start, and then we're going to bring you on at half and do all these other things. Um, this is not about benching Chicharito. This isn't about like a punishment. This is there. There's there's nothing about this. Sometimes players play well enough to earn the spots. Listen. I am not a believer in the two striker formation to start with, to start out of the box, because I don't think it gives Greg anywhere to go. Um, This is my biggest thing because I love the fact that when Jovalich comes off the bench, he changes the game, right? People pay attention. I love the fact that whenever, if they're going to bring in Jovalich and pair him with Chicharito, that it changes the formation, right? I love the fact that you could do that with Chicharito or Jovalich coming off the bench. It doesn't matter. For me, it works either way. But I think Greg likes the stable formation of a 4-2-3-1. I think he likes the defensive position that puts the LA Galaxy in more than anything, and I don't think he's going to stray from that unless he's forced to, right? Unless he's forced to be more offensive, unless he's trying to come come in from behind, um, which the Galaxy have had almost no success doing this year, right? But Realistically, we've seen them score goals whenever they've been down 3 nothing. those types of things. It's up to the defense to not allow three goals in. That'll be first. And then I think the offense is capable of scoring two goals a game uh, for most of the rest of the season against any of these teams that they're playing. So um, for me... Uh, I think you're going to see it swap back and forth. I think that means some patience on on some things, but I think that ultimately it's going to mean. And I think Greg sees it, and I think everybody sees it, is that Yovlic is getting more and more time as this goes down. And I also think this leads uh, leads us to the conclusion that Chicharito is not back next year, right? So Chicharito right now has 13 regular season games left with the LA Galaxy. That's how I look at it. Um, when the Galaxy make the playoffs, because I'm 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 still optimistic that they will. Um, because I don't think they're as bad as a team that's going to miss the playoffs. I was wrong last year. I can be wrong again this year. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was a RSL handball away from uh, away from being oh. correct. By the way, so <laughs> let's uh, not do that. Let's yeah, not go down that road. Yeah. So um, for me, uh, I think this is an ability and a chance for for the LA Galaxy to get Yovlitch pointed in the right direction and and going in that direction. So uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for it.
1: I you know I, I struggle with this because I've watched Chicharito and since he came up to the years. I'm a I'm, I'm a firm believer. We all know he's a penalty box striker, and that's where he does his damage. He scores all his goals. But is he I really believe he's better playing off of somebody? I, look, I'm not a tactician. I defer to the, the experts. But every time I've seen Chicharito flourish, it's always taking advantage of playing off someone and playing off another forward like that. And we don't have that type of setup right now. And even though he and De, Decca or Deam have been in there at times yeah we've seen it but it really hasn't come off to like you know in flying colors so that that's where this kind of recipe for that two up front kind of it befuddles me a little bit right because I, mean, I can see where you want it you just don't look at it in terms of you know goal scoring like he's got eight he's got seven there's 15 goals up there go it doesn't work like that you know right and player strengths and, and but I, and she's just so unselfish of a player that he'll defer and play off and, and take what's given to him and um, so that, that's where the mystery to me is the unproven commodity is those two together. Is that a recipe that can happen when it's called upon? Yes, you have an option to play, you know, Jovalich instead of Chicha or Chicha instead of Jovalich. And there's an argument as we're making for Jovalich to do that, which I believe is the case. And if you're trying to pick a better player on current form right now. Um, and, but to, to put those two, it would be a dramatic change of system, which the, the manager has shown that he's not going to do. Yeah. And, unless,
0: he's and to. And unless, unless he's forced to, oh. unless, unless he's forced to, right. I mean, we've seen him be yeah. forced into a two, four, two, uh, forward formation uh, many times this year. Yeah. Uh, and that, that morphs the midfield and morphs a whole bunch of things. I just think that the Galaxy are set up well with Brogman to sort of be in that, uh, triangle midfield that they're going to set up with Raveloson and Delgado sort of above Brugman and and making that happen however it goes so um, yeah it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one to sort of see how this plays out down the stretch. Uh, I also, I will tell everybody right now, I am, everybody seems worried that like Dayon is going to leave because Greg's not playing him and stuff like, like he's angry at something. And I don't think, I think they have a great relationship. Every time I've seen them interact, every time you talk about Greg with, with Dayon or Dayon with Greg, they always seem to really enjoy each other. And, and I remember Greg telling me, he goes, he gets it. Like Dayon gets it. He knows what his job is. He knows how he does it. So even if Dayon comes off the bench for the rest of, the, I'm not concerned. Deon knows that he has a chance to be the striker next year, um, and the and the number one uh, striker next year.
1: Here's a we've players, designated players that were stinking it up, yet kept playing, and then you have a player that's lighting it up and not playing. I know it, it's. I mean, it's, it, and I'm not faulting. I'm not pointing any fingers here, but it's just, isn't it ironic?
0: It really? is. It is absolutely the craziest thing because you would be sitting there. It's like if you could, if you could put Yovelich on like you have one spot and yeah. and that's where Yovelich fits right in this formation that Greg has, you have one spot. That's where Yovelich fits. And it happens to be against the guy who, by the way, Chicha wasn't having a horrible year. Right. Yeah. But he's not having the same year that he had last year and yeah. he's not being as productive as, as he has been, right? So the whole deal. So but that's the one spot. It's like, well, if Jovich could play in Cabral's position, then you could you could you would start him, right? You would start Jovich. It's like the whole deal. And listen, there's arguments about that, right? And you can listen, Grand Sierra and Costa, you go for a four four two. There's so many different things, but that leaves out guys. That leaves out maybe a Delgado. If you're playing in a four four two, all of a sudden you can't play Delgado, Revelison, and Brugman at the same time right so do you go to a five a three five two well that leaves you a little bit more exposed on the defensive side of things right and it still excludes some players that i think um the galaxy have a solid sort of foundation for so it's very much back and forth um i think you can play all those all those formations and more in the certain situations and i think greg will so
1: well we're going to find out i mean you know and and the war of attrition is going to you know force greg's hand to do that i mean we've already seen it you know with the held city protocol a couple of times It didn't turn out too well No, because after this team was exposed, but, um, I think, you know, when, when everyone's back fit and then you throw in Brugman, it gives more depth pieces. Also, it changes the way you can play. So I'm interested to see what I'm interested to see is Josh. And we can see if we're talking tactics and everything and dorking out is this role of Brugman playing in that sixth role and you're allowing more freedom for revelison. Yep and you get more power through midfield, you get him to join up with the attack and link in Lincoln. That's something that a Chicharito, as I just mentioned, can play off. That's where he's made his living in his career. If that can come to fruition, that to me is the great unknown we're gonna see. Look- and that's Brugman's effect. Can have a positive influence higher
0: up the pitch. Look at look at the first goal of the LA Galaxy so This is the Kevin Cabral goal. Look at the first goal. Yeah. Watch Brugman, go back and re-watch that. Watch Brugman drag two players into the box yeah. that opens yeah. up that back, that cutback pass, right? For Chicharito. Brugman did that. Revelison being forward caused more problems in the box as well. Again, we have not seen this LA Galaxy team overload a box, especially with yeah. late runs, right? And that's usually what creates space and creates those times yeah. and those chances and stuff like that. Listen, Chicharrito missed that shot, right? A little bit. And the rebound comes in. And, yeah, and Kevin Cabral comes in and, and puts that in. But bottom line is, it was Costa. It was Cabral. It was mm-hmm. Brogman. It was Revelison, It was all of these guys getting forward. It was Delgado. That's what you need to have whenever you can sort of open those floodgates a little bit. Overloads. Yes.
1: Dinging... More numbers in the box. We're seeing overloads higher up. We weren't seeing that before. We have a player now that can play in a number six solo, like Jonathan Dos Santos could when he was fit right. back in his early days. That's a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. Brutman is the real deal. He can do that. That changes everything because before you're forced to go in a double pivot, when you're talking about Ravellison and Delgado, yep. as good as Mark Delgado is, covering that, that's an immense responsibility. He can do it, but it takes away from his strengths, I think, higher I mean, like we're going into microsurgery here, and probably you know putting people to sleep. So apologies, but I think it's fascinating, and it, it's almost like a new lease right now—a new team that it is. has a like which it excites me. It, you know, being a dork like this, but the way they can play now is totally different. Is a guy that can fit within a system. We know he can play. He's got to get fitter. So I, I, I'm hedging my bets on consistency as opposed to the pessimism of inconsistency. We've seen kind of through that June phase. Yep. Um, and I cannot wait to see whether it's Revelison or if it's Delgado playing higher up, how Chicharrito and how, you know, Yo is going to figure in, or even, you know, maybe it'll kick Cabral's butt into gear. Right. You know, it's going to change things. And that's the exciting things to come because now it, this is it.
0: You saw it. Right to the finish. So you saw how much it changed things, though. And I, I, oh, is, this is why it's like it's very it's a very under the radar signing in terms of how much it changes the way. And you could how,
1: how much? Did, uh, sorry, yeah, know. no. A game change when he went off in the 65th it, minute. they
0: disappeared. Well, especially whenever because we saw Atlanta, Atlanta move into more of the diamond right instead of the yeah. the four and and uh, or, or more of a flat four in the midfield. Um, And so they went into more of a diamond that caused problems. The Galaxy don't have the the people to track through the midfield in that, right? Because you need more like a Daniel Aguirre. You need more like guys who are younger, who are able to put their miles on in order to track the space and do all those things. And you're not going to get that out of Victor Vasquez or Efrain Alvarez or Sasha Klesha. Sasha actually does a really good job of marking space. People give him crap for being slow and old. Um, he's uh, as a fellow old guy, he's doing just fine. You most of the time, whenever he's in there trying to mark space, you never talk
1: about such a question.
0: No, no, it's, it's, (laughs) it's bad luck. It's bad luck to do. Um,
1: (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yeah. But we changed the game and he goes off and and like, like you're saying, Josh, it's, Changes the game a hundred percent. We were chasing our tails at the end of that game, and we were lucky to get three points. It, I mean,
0: it's hysterical because that that scoreboard says two nothing, and everybody knows that that's a one nothing game. That's a one yeah. nothing game. The Galaxy barely survived uh, in a lot of things, but again, through sixty five minutes, well in control of that game, played yeah, very sure. well. So um, yeah, they need to that's the sub progressions that I worry about though. Right. It's yeah. where do you go from there in that position? You're now winning. Where do you go from there? Will you bring on your that helps, but that doesn't help in your midfield where Brugman can't, you know, go, uh, more than I, I think, I think he can probably go 70, 75 minutes coming up in Dallas, but with the heat and everything, yeah. we'll watch to see sort of how he, how he does. Um, Let's get ready for this Dallas game. I was going to go over standings and all that fun stuff, but really this is let's, let's look at the Western conference, just Western conference only LAFC at 45 points, LA galaxy at 30 points, LA galaxy are three points from fourth place. Uh, realistically, let's see, this wins, yeah, with a win and a Salt Lake loss, and then Dallas doesn't move because the Galaxy beat them, and Nashville doesn't jump up because they're whoever they're playing, they lose to or they draw to. Uh, the LA Galaxy could be sitting in fourth place with a win over FC Dallas. Not that that would ever happen because it's in Dallas. Um, that's sort of where you sit, they sit in seventh. Now, you lose a game, you could see Seattle jump them, you could see Vancouver come up right underneath them. So, Seattle and Portland could jump the LA Galaxy with wins. Over the weekend, okay, right. so, yeah. So realistically, the Galaxy could even could be sitting in fourth place if they win, or they could be sitting in eighth or ninth place uh, in the right. Western Conference if they lose. So keep that in mind as everything sort of goes forward. And I expect these things to sort of go backwards and forwards a whole bunch as we go. We've talked about the LA Galaxy schedule just in terms of everything that was coming up. I won't go over that again, um, but a lot of games coming up, including the game that doesn't count. Um, which is the game against uh, Chivas at SoFi Stadium? Uh, apparently, I'll be at that game. I don't. I I was talking to somebody with the Galaxy. I go. I guess I'm going. I, I guess that'll be fun or something. It'll be at SoFi. It'll be awesome. It'll be at SoFi. It'll be fine.
1: I mean, it's going to be fun. Look, yeah. I'm an old school guy. I screw friendlies in the middle of your regular season. Right. I understand. Look, I understand why why it's done. It needs to be done. But as a purist, I don't like it. But that's the way it is.
0: Yeah, let's get you ready for this Dallas game. Uh, this game coming up on Saturday, July 30th, 2022. It's a 6 p.m. start time, 6.08 p.m. kickoff time. So uh, pretty rapid one there. Yeah, Spectrum Sportsnet and lagalaxy.com is where you can find this. So Nikki, Joe, and Kobe will have your call. Um, and remember, if you're inside of the Los Angeles area, lagalaxy.com. If you're outside of that, um, hopefully you're outside of it enough, you can get it on ESPN Plus as well where you can watch that game. So that's the game that's coming up. Uh, Dallas just got a win. Uh, they beat RSL 1-0 at RSL. It was one of their first wins in a very, very long time. Now, it wasn't like yeah. Dallas was horrible, Christian. They've been drawing games, um, but they certainly haven't been scoring. They haven't been doing the things that that they were doing that was leading them to be this uh, sort of standout at the beginning of the season. So either teams have figured them out a little bit or they we've seen a little regression from them um, here uh, in the last couple of games. Uh, just to let you know, overall, the LA Galaxy 39 wins, Dallas 35 wins, 13 draws. Uh, the fun part, uh, the LA Galaxy have absolutely 100% not won in Dallas since August 15th of 2015. That was when uh, two Robbie Keane goals, Christian, two Robbie Keane goals <laughs> overdid a, uh, a Michael Barrios first half goal. Um, And I think it was 51st and 56th minute for Mr. Robbie Keene scored two goals back to back within five minutes. And that is the last time the L.A. Galaxy have beaten FC Dallas in Dallas. Now, it's even crazier if you want to if you want to go a little bit longer. I actually went and like looked at all those. So that was that game. Then you'd have to go back to July 28th, 2012, where the L.A. Galaxy beat uh, FC Dallas in Toyota Stadium, a one nothing win. Uh, That was a goal. Thank you very much to Mr. Mike McGee assists for Mr. Robbie Keene. Um, so there was that game. Uh, there's another game here. Uh, Thursday, May 20th, 2010, LA Galaxy one nothing win over FC Dallas. Mike McGee in the 17th minute assists from Tristan Bowen and Chris Klein, current LA Galaxy president. All right. And I'm going to tell you the last one. This one, I think, is the most lopsided victory I've ever seen for the LA Galaxy. A 5-1 really? right victory. LA Galaxy 5, FC Dallas 1, goals from Chris Klein, Edson Buttle. Uh, another one for Edson Buttle. Let's see, who else is, has, has all the goals? Uh, Edson Buttle got a hat trick. Look at that, Edson Buttle with a hat trick. And own goal in there as well. So that is oh. the that was on Sunday, May eighteenth 2008. I'm going to tell you something right now. The LA Galaxy have only won four times in Dallas since 2004.
1: Wow, yeah, they've lost the last five as well. I mean... They haven't even taken a point in that. It's always a tough place to play. I I don't know what it is. It's the hoodoo, whatever you are to call it. The weather. I mean, you know, you, you, Vanny was Greg was going on about the hot conditions and you know how dangerous their wingers are. Guys got to come to play. I mean, points. It's about points right now. Right. I, I think we're I think we're more. And I think I think Greg is also in, kind of in this frame of mind. I'm not going to speak for him, but I think it's more it, it's points right now. Right. I, I, performances. It's not about performances because. You know, we're, we're sitting here as a team, like what, twenty-two? Games. We got twelve or thirteen games left of the season now. Now it's about points. But you, you look at that front three—yep, uh, Velasco and Ferreira and, and Ariola coming in—it's lethal. It's got great movement, and I think that's something that the Galaxy have really struggled with in in terms of really mobile front threes. Uh, it's not a really FC Dallas team that we've seen in the past where we'll come out and try and, you know, play at a quick clip with possession. It's right. a team I think it's going to hit you on the break. The Galaxy. Up until the last game, I thought really vulnerable in the counterattacks. I thought that's something that they showed a lot of improvement on. Right. The last game out because the the posture of, of our back line, and specifically the back five, and throwing Brogdon in there, the back six was much better and put themselves in better position to defend the counter. You put that same type of recipe against an SC Dallas. I think it bodes well and kind of negates the strong points. Of an FC Dallas team that's got great movement, they got Ferreira, who's you know bang on form with 12 goals this season, and that movement behind him. Ariola, you know, recalled the US national team. So if they can maintain that type of defensive posture and not give away those spaces that I think we've we've seen them do time and time again, and, and playing those long balls in behind and getting hit on the counter, I think it, it, it can serve them very well. I'm I'm kind of really optimistic about you know kind of breaking that hoodoo, but based upon what their teams have been playing, sets up well for LA.
0: Oh man, I, I wish that would I wish I could feel that way. Uh just a reminder, uh, the LA Galaxy. Come oh, on, Josh, get no, on board. No, I, I won't. I I refuse to be fooled. That's what I, I don't like. Listen, one time the LA Galaxy lost, and this was probably one of the one of the games that they lost in the like the last 10 years. They lost because the wind blew so hard it blew across into the goal. Literally, that is the type of shenanigans that happen whenever you're talking about playing FC Dallas. It is weird things happen in. In Dallas period, all the time weather delays, stupid heat, it's supposed to be 99 degrees for a high, um, which is actually a little bit lower than what we thought it was going to be. So woohoo! here comes the cooling trend. Um, it's only supposed to be 80 is the low 79 is the low. Um, so the weather will absolutely 100%. By the way, do not at me on Twitter uh, and say, oh, well, the heat affects everybody the same. Both team. No, it Dallas no. has the advantage. Everybody no. knows Dallas has the advantage. Hundred percent, right? And we know that that is fine. It's like whenever you go to Colorado and you play them in the altitude, Colorado yeah. has the advantage. That is part of that. This is part of the home field advantage. The Galaxy will suffer in this, which is why it's so important that they score first. Um, by the way, if you remember, uh, the LA Galaxy lost three to one to Dallas. They had three first half goals. This was one of the, the one of the games where there were three first half goals. It was uh, Ferrera, Ariola, and then um, Ferreira again. So that was three nothing in the twenty third minute. The galaxy cannot afford to replicate that particular scenario, um, and if they do, if they give up even one goal in the first half, you you could probably turn the game off because we've seen so far the Yellow Galaxy are not able to come back from that unless they score a goal in the first half and they tie that game, Christian. Then it would be one of the few times that they come back from a, a losing you position.
1: Know, yeah, I look at this team and I don't see flaws in the way that the patterns are playing, the systems are playing. See. So, individual errors yes and and so the in the elimination of that we saw a lot of that due in large part to Brugman coming on and taking more responsibility but just kind of stabilizing the shape we didn't see a lot of that in the last game you cut that out of the game this is a team i think that can you know be up there within contending like that mid you know second tier in western conference play they can cut that out because and, and, they shoot themselves in the foot so many times where look they're not being outplayed 100 percent, but they put themselves in a hole where they're positioned to be outplayed right hence the stats that you're you're citing, so yeah, I mean, you got to start well, especially away from home, and, and a lot of it's mental. But you know, I, I I don't really put a lot of the past kind of hoodoo on this, but um, it's an nasty Dallas team. that's you know is equally troubled as we are. Yes. In terms of finding consistency, and they got a bang informed goal score, but you know, the guy doesn't really find a lot of consistency in scoring those goals. I mean, it was seven games without a win up until that victory. Uh, away to real salt lake and it wasn't exactly a convincing victory as well as they were outplayed in a large stretches during that game yeah so yeah we'll see i mean a a team too that you know different than fc dallas teams in the past they do they're they're pretty tight the back i mean you know I, i think it's like four clean sheets which is kind of a misleader but a team that's only conceded 25 times so right which you know, put what top seven or eight, whatever, and two fewer than the galaxy. So it's tighter at the back than you may think of when you think of an FC Dallas team. So try, and this is where we, the galaxy have to figure out how to break teams down. that can sit back like that because don't be surprised, even though FC Dallas is at home, they're coming off a victory away from home. Don't be surprised to sit them in a low block, which you have talked about many times. And the galaxy have struggled against that. Yeah. And don't be surprised to see that and try and hit the space in behind This is a game that can be won by the managers. Yeah. and how they set up and the tactical systems. I'm I'm very interested to see how it's going to go.
0: Yovulech has to start this game. I don't know that. This is not like me. I sometimes I know, I don't know that that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying for me with the heat this this is a Yovulech game to start and Chicharito comes off the bench. It makes so much sense for me. Um bottom bottom they line They don't start it, together? What?
1: They don't start together?
0: Uh No. Because where do you go? And you know they're going to get tired. You're in 99 degree heat. Where do you go with that? Do you have Preston Judd? Are you going to bring him out so that way he can go in and play? I mean, you could, you could. I would have loved to
1: see him get some time against Colorado. I mean, where's Ethan Zuback when you need him?
0: It is. <laughs> it, it. I mean, he's in Nashville, not playing. Um, so. Uh, it's just this is a super interesting matchup to me. It's one of the most interesting and intriguing matchups the Galaxy could have after sort of a game like Atlanta. Um, one of the ways to beat the low, uh, the low to mid block uh, is is to score first and bring that team out of that mid to low block. Um, and so the LA Galaxy have to do that. That's sort of where you're at. Um, they will 100% try to just run around the corners of the LA Galaxy. And so uh, I don't know if this this is a Chase Gasper left back game. Uh, hey. Is, what a game, though. He he played well. Absolutely. 100% well. And and Atlanta was sort of a little bit of the same, which was you knew they had speed. You knew that they were going to try to get around the edges. And Gasper played well. I I just, to me, it feels more like maybe this is an Edwards speed game just in terms of how it's going. And you can bring Gasper on in this game. Um, mm. But Edwards is not the same defender that, that Chase Gasper is. I mean, I, quite honestly, over his his career, I think Gasper has been the better defender. Uh, oh, yeah. 100%. Um, and so is he nearing that form? And if he is, then you can afford to gamble on Gasper starting and then maybe even Edwards being up in the midfield again like he has been. So there's some options. There's some options. But I, I, I think if you're Greg, you have to basically think, how am I going to get five subs on this team that, that maintain the level whenever I make these subs um, in the second half? Because at the 60th minute mark, the Galaxy are going to be gassed.
1: Yeah. And you need to change it up. I mean, you just don't continue to play the same way. I think this is a game for Chase Gasper, personally, because uh, okay. I want to give away space in behind. And, and coming off that performance that he played, I mean, it's his best performance in a Galaxy shirt. So I'm fully expecting him to start. But I, and I've and i been thinking about what you just said, and, and we've seen Edwards play a little higher up so and provide that natural width. But I think that's more of his natural tendency. Look, he's not a defend first no. pullback. No. It's just not a game, and, and no fault to him. He comes off to great effect when it comes off, but... When you take a step forward like that, you present as much opportunistic chances going forward, but detrimental chances behind you. It's a gamble, and yep. and not going to get that with Gasper. He's going to make that tick, and I thought that's what changed with this team in the last game. And when you have a team that I think that Dallas likes to hit on the break like that. I think this if you set up like that, you're almost in a better position. But hey, I mean, that's just me. Um, but a team that's going to have a clean sheet like that, I don't think you mess with that back five. Neither, maybe with have a change I don't know
0: neither neither of us uh could uh could fit into the Greg Vanny pants he's got he's got a skinny waist and and some tight pants um <laughs> I can't do that so I'm I'm not gonna pretend to, I'm not gonna to try. die no I'm not gonna try um so anyway uh your predictions sir for the LA galaxy against Dallas predictions sure to be wrong as I've always said
1: absolutely and thank you for the false flattery or accurate flattery but I'm going to go Galaxy
0: two, FC Dallas nil. Wow, a shutout on the road. Two goals. Those two goals have to come in like the first twenty eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm yeah, first. Yeah, they're gonna score first. Um yeah, there's zero chance of that happening. Um I will flip the script. I will say two nothing FC Dallas. Uh the Galaxy don't win this game. I'm I am not panicked when they don't lose when they don't win this game. I never expected to win this game. I still don't expect to win this game. I don't care what happens. Listen, I don't, whenever there's a weather delay to, on Saturday night, just remember that I told everybody that this is what happens whenever you go to Dallas. Oh, These yeah. weird things, like lightning is going to hit the scoreboard. It's going to catch on fire like it did at like Columbus Crew Stadium, right? The old Columbus Crew Stadium um, yeah. at Matt Free Yeah, you know, and you know who knows who knows where it is. But yeah, but there's there is zero chance that the LA Galaxy win this game. I'm I'm so sure of it.
1: And what everybody wants to know, is COG going to have boots on the ground with Hammer?
0: He is. He's going. He's going. Um, I think I think he's dragging the family along, too. So, you know, is he? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Or maybe they're going to stay because, you know, it's 99 degrees and nobody wants to sit in that. The game uh, kicks off at 8.06 local yeah. time. So it is as late, basically, as they could start that game uh, yeah, yeah. at FC Dallas. So hopefully it'll be around 90 degrees or something like that whenever they start instead of, you know, 100 degrees. So. Cool, night. <laughs> it'll be fun. All right. Uh, anything else, Christian? You good?
1: I don't know. I got nothing else left for you. Um, Douglas Costa. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Coming up on the upper trend. Long ways to go. Um, yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I'm excited. Got a lot of lot of ground to cover in the next few weeks and uh, next few months. And so it's going to be decided. It's kind of
0: nervously optimistic. <laughs> I get it. I understand. hundred um, percent. It's, it's very much an unknown. I, I, this is one of the most... Uh, question mark teams I have ever covered. I have literally have no idea from week to week who's going to show up. And whenever they do play the way that they do, I'm always like, yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't matter whether they win, lose, draw, get blown out, blow somebody out. Like the Montreal game. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, why not? Why wouldn't they do that to Montreal? Yeah. Right? You know, and then it's like it's Atlanta. It's like, I don't, I don't know going into it. Then they play the way they do. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. hundred percent. That's 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 how they're supposed to play. Every time they play, I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. That makes sense. They lose three to one to FC Dallas earlier. Yep. That makes sense. hundred percent. Can't say it doesn't. So. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's get going. Christian, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Let's go.
1: D Miles Sports on Twitter. You can catch me, of course, at LA Galaxy on the website for home games on the radio coverage if you don't have any Spectrum coverage. And, of course, if you're interested in a little bit of rugby, uh, AmericanRaptors.com and a little bit of Pac-12 soccer as well on Pac-12 Networks.
0: Yeah, Christian does it all. He's great. Thanks, Christian. Appreciate it. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Guessman. J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. You can head on over there and get all of our uh, all of our tweets, all that fun stuff, cornerofthegalaxy.com, podcast videos, all that fun stuff. You can get that there, shirts, all those things. Christian has a shirt on, I have a shirt on. It's a lot of fun, good stuff. All right, uh, I think that about does it. LA Galaxy heading off to FC Dallas on Friday afternoon. They will kick off on Saturday at 8 p.m. 8.06 p.m. is your kickoff against FC Dallas. Big game, an interesting one. All right. That about does it. For Christian Miles, I'm Josh Gessman, and you've been listening, you've been watching, to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Take it away, Mr. Michael Araujo. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy